Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Byroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstown. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi. And I'm Joey Parisi. And Joey Parisi hasn't missed a step. It's been a hot minute since you've been on the show. I believe the last time you were on the show was when we interviewed Mr. Liam Hendricks himself. Am I correct in that? No, that is, can't be true. That can't be true. I, um, oh, I, you know what? Crosstown, it actually might be. Now that I think about it. I'm uh, 90% sure it's true. Because I remember doing barroom in this house, but now that I mentioned, now that you mentioned, I don't remember doing a Thursday on uh, on the show. So yeah, you're probably right. You've only been off bar down for like a month and a half. Mm. You've probably missed like six episodes. Yeah. So um, maybe a little more. The. Uh, no, you were on in the playoffs. We screamed at each other about the league. Yeah, so I started. Um, I started this new job. I'm trying to think of when I started in May, early May, mid mid May. Yeah. So, the Leafs were still alive on your last show. They might have even had a series lead. Yes. No, I don't think they had a series lead because me and Frankie were pretty confident I'm that pretty they sure were going to win. Show you were on. They were up three to two in the series. I'm almost positive. Three, 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 you three, guys three, were both confident they were going to win six and seven, and you were right. And old VP thought, was wrong again. I thought I'm pretty sure the last time I was on, I thought it was like the Leafs were on. They had a one nothing series lead. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong too. I normally am, but you know, you you were wrong about the series. That's what's important because me and Frankie nailed that one. On yeah, I, mean, I actually said I actually said lightning in seven. So. Yeah, you did. I mean, you probably didn't predict it to go down the way that it did. You also probably didn't think that Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner would go off like they did because they've been quiet playoff performers, and they kind of shut everybody up in that aspect. Um, They were both sensational in the postseason. Um, But, you know, we'll talk about baseball in a little bit, but what what did you think of the Stanley Cup final? Like, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in six games, and Tampa Bay came up just short of being a three-time champion, three-time straight champion. Yeah, three straight, which honestly would have been sick to see. Um, I remember, you know, we were – and back in 2017, the only reason I rooted for the Penguins was to see the back-to-back. Now this year, again, we get the back-to-back. And so, like, it's kind of thinking, like, for us, we like to see those great teams, you know, keep winning as many as they can. Tom Brady specifically, like, 
that's kind of what bonded our Patriots fandom, not only them being the New England team, but we like to watch greatness. Um, and that's what the Tampa Bay Lightning are, their greatness. And so it would have been cool to to see them win three straight, I'm not going to lie. But against anybody else, I would have been rooting for them because the Colorado Avalanche, they had my heart. They've had my heart for the past few years now in the Western Conference. And to me, they're a team that just did it right. Um, they have that record bad season uh, how many years ago where they what had 60 points by the season's end Nate, like, oh, everyone 48 like how, oh my god I can't imagine my team being that bad um you feel bad for a guy like Nathan McKinnon going through that you know he's a superstar in the league and he dogged through it no pun intended Nate dog and here he is a Stanley Cup champion just in year after year they're one of the favorites to win the cup so I'm so happy that they finally got it done um, and honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better outcome other than the Bruins winning, but that didn't happen. So I couldn't have asked for a better outcome in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was good to see the Nate Dog lift that Stanley Cup. He was also kind of bad in that year where they had 48 points. So he was partially to blame, but he really turned it on lately. You named your automobile after Kale McCarr. What do you think of him? Kale McCarr, I think we are watching with our own two eyes from beginning to end. And it makes it even a little more special because we, you and I saw him get drafted with our own two eyes at the United center in 2017. Um, that's gotta be a little more special, like for this guy, for us, at least it is why it is for me. Uh, we are watching one of the best defensemen in NHL history play in his prime, not even, maybe not even in his prime yet. And there's stats to back it up. There's the eye test to back it up. The fact that he just won the Norris Trophy and the Conn Smythe in the same year, and the only other two guys to do that are the other two best defensemen in the world, Bobby Orr and Nicholas Lidstrom. Like, there's no argument against Kale McCarr that he, we are watching one of the best defensemen in the world to ever play the game right now. Yeah, I completely agree. He's Connor McDavid on the back end. Yeah. Yeah, he literally is. I'm not going to say he's better at defense than Connor McDavid is at you know, center because he could be. He is that much better than everyone else at defense. Like, and it, you could say what you want about his defensive game. Like, he is. I would consider him an elite defenseman. I would consider him an exceptional, elite, one of a kind defenseman offensively, which is a big part of today's game. We're going to get into your baseball following a little bit later, and it's a little bit off compared to most years, but. Your hockey still pretty spot on. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're listening to as many podcasts as I am. Like guys are talking, guys and girls are talking about Makar in that conversation for best player in the league. I mean, how can you not? He literally they played the Oilers and dummied them, and there was a play McDavid had a breakaway. The only one who was able to catch him and break it up was Kale Makar. I mean, it was one of the most sensational plays of the entire playoffs, and that includes actual goals or saves. Goals and saves dominate the highlight reels. This might have been the best highlight of the playoffs was when Kale McCarr stopped Connor McDavid from that rush. So uh, he's he might be just as good at defense as McDavid is at forward. He's I never thought I'd see a skater like McDavid ever again. Kale McCarr is literally the smallest of ticks below him. Yeah, and you everyone talks about McDavid's speed with the puck. Watch Kale McCarr go coast to coast on some of his plays. Like this dude, is, it's unreal, and, and he stick handles like a forward. He's got those quick stick handles, kind of like uh, – and Nathan McKinnon does it too. Like, really only McDavid, McKinnon, and I, now I guess you can say McCarr. They, when they stick handle through the neutral zone, their hands are moving quicker than anyone else. And, yeah, you don't necessarily need that 
and to be successful in, in, you know, your up ice rushes or even just stick handling in general, you don't need to be the quickest guy in the league. Look at a guy like Brad Marsh, and he gets through the same amount of people, but he'll do the one or two moves opposed to the constant stick handling. But, I mean, it works for Kel McCarr. So, uh, yeah, I would put him right up there with, with uh, Connor McDavid, 100%. Patrick Kane and Pavel Datsuk with the hands. Kane does it too. Kane will move quick like that too. Well, a little more so than than Datsuk. But I'm talking like when they just have the puck, the quick, nonstop left and right movements that they do. Yeah. Um. So you're happy for Colorado, Tampa Bay, put them to bed. The 2022 NHL draft starts tomorrow. Do you have any bold predictions for that? Is there something you're looking forward to? I know the bees don't have a pick. For the first time in what two years, uh, they had their pick last year. Certainly, yeah, they um, haven't had they haven't had a first round pick since the first since the year that they traded Rick Nash. Um, they have had one since the year they traded for Rick Nash. Yeah, the year they traded Rick Nash was the last year they didn't have a first round pick, if my memory serves me correctly. Because yeah. right after that, Don Sweeney said he's not trading the first round pick anymore because it sucked going through the first round without a pick, and here they are again without one. But for me, this one was better than any player they would get. That's what I was going to say. For me, for me, this reason for not having a first round pick is well worth it because a healthy decor that they have right now is the brightest spot of the Boston Bruins, <laughs> and uh, it's it's kind of centered around Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm. So, yeah. Do you think Montreal is going to take right at number one? Um, I think the see the last time we talked about um. The, when I was on bar down and we talked about the draft, we kind of went over some players. I don't know if you and Frankie continued that. I'm pretty sure you guys did for a few weeks to come. Um, I think this year it's going to go pretty chalk, the draft. I don't think there's going to be too many surprises. So, yeah, uh, Montreal, Shane Wright, and the list goes on. I think it's going to go, you know, those guys who are projected to go top five, maybe even top ten, are probably going to go top five or top ten. I don't, I don't think it's going to be – too much uh, bouncing around or, or outlandish picks this time. Are you buying any of the trade rumors? You got DeBrinket, JT Miller, uh, Kachuk, Kadri. There are a couple different trade rumors going on out there. Yeah, the only thing trade-wise that I, I want to uh, that I'll really comment on because I, I don't know any too much of the trade rumors or, or you know the legitimacy of them. I don't think the Hawks are going to trade DeBrinket. We talked on the phone the other day about that. I think the Hawks are going to hang on to him, especially if some of the rumors are true that I've heard the Hawks turning down some of these deals. Like if they're not accepting these deals, then I think they're just going to make the Brinkett part of this uh, part of this rebuild that they're going to go through, you which I don't hate. You think it's smart to have two $9 million players on your rebuilding team? I think uh, I, I never said that they're going to hang on to one of them or, or not re uh, rework a contract on the other one. So who knows? Seth Jones makes nine million for the next eight years, starting this year. That's brutal. Yeah, and is DeBrinket signed? No, he's he's looking. He's got one year left at six. He's going to cash in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, DeBrinket is currently at six four for this upcoming year. He's going to make nine or ten, especially if he scores forty again. Yeah, this is a big year for DeBrinket and the Blackhawks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think keeping him is a good idea. I don't. Because one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to score 40 again or 50 playing with Kaner, and he's going to be nine and a half, ten, 
And then but a then- rebuilding team has $19 million in two players, Jones and Debrinkit. Or he's going to be average to, you know, okay. He'll never be worse than okay. And his value in the trade market will just diminish. Yeah. I don't know. That's actually uh, pretty tough. Cause then also like how much are you going to give Kane that next year? If you just, if he decides to stick around, I feel like Taves, you just have to get rid of. Yeah. He, he brought you three cups. He's the captain of your team. Um, but unless he takes a $3 million contract, I, I wouldn't want Taves on my team. Yeah. Taves would be a really good third line center. Yeah. And that's Think about like what a three million brought to the Bruins back then. Like that's what Taves yeah. would be. And unless your name is Charlie Coyle, you shouldn't be making over three and a half million as the third and fourth line guy. No, and Charlie Coyle's days with the bees are numbered. You heard it here first. Um, so that's our little bit hockey synopsis since Joey's been away from Bardown for a while. Um, real quick, any uh, I, I don't know if you had a chance to look over it hockey wise. The schedule just came out today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if oh. you had a chance to look at it or what the Devils are looking like. The Blackhawks. I have the Bruins schedule here. Um, usually when the schedule comes out and preseason schedule came out a couple days ago, development camp schedule came out last week. That's when I really start to, uh, starting to look at the Bruins Twitter again and, and start to get excited because I'll be honest, when the Bruins get eliminated from the playoffs, like I kind of just say, all right, goodbye guys. I'll see you. So I'll be back. I'll see you pretty much when they come back, I come back. So that's, that's just kind of the way I am with the Bruins, but I got the schedule now and I got some dates I got circled and I'm looking forward to it. Um, the Hawks start their season by watching the Colorado Avalanche raise their banner. Um, that's their first game of the season. The Devils open up against Philly on the next day, the 15th. Um, the season opens in Europe. The Predators play the Sharks, I believe, on the 7th. And then the Predators play someone else on the 8th. I, I forget exactly what it is. But uh, the Devils come to New to Chicago on April the 1st. So it's a long time away and um, they have a game on my birthday, December 9th against the New York Islanders at home. And then they play the Rangers at Madison square garden that Monday, my birthday is a Friday. So my hope is to get a trip to New Jersey for my birth. Like that's what I want for my birthday is to go to the devil's game against the Islanders and then stick around the weekend for the Rangers Devils game on Monday at Madison Square Garden and catch a home and road Devils game. That is my ultimate goal. But that that was my takeaways from the schedule. It's a tough one. Um, I think the Devils are going to be better, especially if they sign hockey. I think they are going to. Um, I really do. Either hockey or Tarasenko. One of them is coming to New Jersey. And I think they're going to be a pretty good team. I do. And I think they're going to draft Slavkovsky with the second overall pick. Slavkovsky and Wright are the only two players I believe will play in the NHL next season from this draft. They'll sign Luke Hughes in March. Who knows? Luke Hughes' NHL debut could be that game in Chicago on April 1st. So, you know, I think good things are coming for that team. Yeah, I mean, I hope so for your sake because I'm tired of watching the Bruins get ready for a playoff game and you're getting ready for the draft lottery. So I'll make that joke as long as it doesn't come true. Um, some games I got circled. The Bruins finally open up their season on opening day, which hasn't been the case for the past couple of years, and it kind of has been annoying because I love watching. I, I don't like watching other teams play. It just makes me, like, that much more anxious for my team to play. Uh, and usually the Bruins have been playing – they've, like, at least growing up for me as a hockey fan, they always played – they were, like, one of the first games of the season. It was always, like, 
the Habs versus the Leafs uh, at 6.30. And then at 6, right before that, the Bruins played somebody. It's just always how it was. Um, the Bruins open up their season on the road against Washington on that first Wednesday of the season. I think it's the first Wednesday. I, maybe the season starts on Tuesday, and I'm talking out of my ass here. But then that Saturday, October 15th, they make their home opener in the second game of the season against the Arizona Coyotes, which should be pretty cool. Hopefully they can get a win on home ice to start the season. Um, and then their first game against the Devils is December 23rd on Friday. So that'll be pretty cool. Merry Christmas. And then I believe, I don't know if it's to the date or what, but the, the game always seems to be in March that the Bruins make their way to Chicago on March 14th. So that's where I'll be. And then let's not forget, it's marked in green here. Super excited for it. I'm going to do everything I can to try to be at it January 2nd because January 1st is a Sunday. Uh, Monday, January 2nd, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins play at Fenway Park. I want to go to that so bad. I'm going to do everything I can to go to that game. Yes, I very much do too. So hopefully that's something that's able to happen. And we're going to do our very best to make sure it happens. So baseball. The White Sox have stunk so far this season. What do you think? Um, They have their good moments and their bad moments. I necessarily wouldn't consider them a – train wreck like some of the other teams specifically here in Chicago um, I still think that they will make the playoffs I'm not off that train yet um, I'm actually fairly confident that they're going to make the playoffs this season and uh, the baseball is such a long season that we're, at, we're nowhere near the point to get worried so the Braves were 38 and 41 on this day last year they won the World Series your reaction 38, they were what? They were 38 and 41. Wow. Did they win the next game or no? If they won the next game, if they won the next game, then they have the same, they have the same record at one point as the White Sox. Exactly. The White, that's, but that was the point. The White Sox went into this game 38 and 41 and they beat the Minnesota Twins and extras. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. I, I did get a notification for that today in the bottom of the 10th. Who was it? Lurie Garcia? Yeah. Lurie. Walked it off. What a legend. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, – I don't know if they're going to, you know – it's hard to say they're going to win the World Series with a 39-41 and 41 record here in July, but I, I'll just keep it at what I said. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried about them yet, um, and we'll go from there I, because we have yet to see them. I know we said this off season last year. We really have yet to see them with a full 100% healthy lineup, and I know that's part of the game. It's part of baseballs, but – we haven't seen it. A lot of teams have seen it. So, I don't know. Eloy Jimenez missed most of the season so far. He came back a lot earlier this year than he did last year. Um, Got to be excited about him coming back and hitting a home run in his first game and also a big RBI tying single later in the game. And he also made a sick play defensively in the outfield, which is not something that we normally say about Eloy. I know you like, you're a big fan of number 74. I am a huge fan of number 74. Huge fan of him when I like watching him when you go to games, just keep an eye on him in left field and in between innings, going out there, interacting with the fans. I'm a fan of him for that reason, but I'm also a fan of him for the fact that he's a guy who's capable of hitting 40 home runs in this league if he has a full, healthy 162 game season. I firmly believe that. So 
you need him in the lineup, but you also need him to be performing when he's in the lineup. And it wasn't always that, you know, in the first when he, even when he was healthy this year, we wasn't necessarily had some some tough stretches, some tough series. Um, so you need him to be the e-boy that we know he can be. So hopefully when everyone's healthy, that'll happen. One of the key things for this White Sox team so far this year has been pitching. But Liam Hendricks has just returned from a little bit of an injury there. Um, Cease has been their best pitcher. Giolito had a rough five-game stretch, but he's been really good since. Lynn has yet to find his stride. Johnny Cueto is really one of the better starters on this team so far this season. And then Michael Kopech has had some bad games. He wasn't very good yesterday, but he's also been like very, very good. And I'm wondering what you think of their starting pitching. Their starting pitching, um, you're right that Dylan Cease has been the best pitcher, and it actually hasn't even been close. Um, I've, I think I've been to two or three games now where he started, and it's just electric factory every time. Bet the over on the strikeouts. Um, last time we were there, what, he hit it in how many, how many innings did it take him to hit it? He Are you going to do that when you're there with him on the mound tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I didn't know he was starting, but yes, that's it. Sounds like free money. That's free beer money if I've ever seen it. Um, Michael Kopech uh, seems to have his good games and bad games. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on Michael Kopech because talent wise, you want to hope that he eventually is your best pitcher. Um, Lance Lynn, since uh, he I know he missed a lot of the season, but you know, he, he hasn't been that bad from what i've seen at least so i don't know i think i think given the run support it all comes down to their lineup aside from their pitching i think they have what it takes in the pitching department even in the bullpen when when guys are healthy um it all comes down to getting run support and, and making it easy for these guys yeah i think kopech is supremely talented obviously Lindsay ra is over five so it you know, they're, but there's such a small right? sample size there's yeah. such a small sample size. he's had two games where he's given up five so it's it's not that great so far, but also, like you said, it's such a small sample size. We know how good he was last year. Kopech, the rough game yesterday, is making people talk junk about him. I, I think that's crazy. Like, he dominated the Yankees two starts in a row. He dominated the Blue Jays. Like, he's just dominated some really good lineups. And, you know, I, I think he's a key piece to this team in the long haul. Um, one thing that I think... I'm going to find an interesting answer from you on is the Cubs are complete dog shit. Your reaction. Um, it's, I'm not going to say it's surprising because we kind of knew they were going to be bad, but I thought they'd be a little better than how they are. Um, I, I mean, I'd have to look at some numbers, but I take it Patrick Wisdom and Frankie Schwindel are having nowhere near the season that they were having toward the end of last year. Schwindel is not Wisdom is. Wisdom is third in the league in home runs since the start of last year. But the problem with Wisdom, he's one of the best home run hitters in baseball, and that's all he's good at, though. He's literally just a pure home run hitter. Um. That, so you're saying who does that remind you of? There wasn't there a guy in the whites, Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a long time, Todd Frazier. Although, yeah, they're probably similar at their defensive positions as well. Um, I'm trying to pull up the Cubs stats here. I'm I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. You're gonna call me crazy. Oh, uh, Suzuki. Oh, say a Suzuki. 
yeah what's his yo what's he's his deal is he hurt i heard he had some injury he was hurt for a while there he just came back earlier in the week he had an inside the park home run yesterday or two days ago on fourth of july and then he hit an absolute bomb yesterday and for some reason the cubs play well against the brew crew I, the Brew Crew are awesome, and the Cubs suck. It's one of the worst Cubs teams ever. And yeah, the, isn't it like the first series of the season they like blew them out or something like that? Like yeah, and then, this, this series, and then this series they took two of three. The one going on right now. Yeah. There's one player on the Cubs that I think if you were like as locked into baseball as you normally are, Christopher Morel would be your guy right now. He came up. And he told everyone that he was going to hit a home run in his first career MLB at-bat. And guess what he did in his first career MLB at-bat? He fucking hit a tank to goddamn Pluto. (laughs) And everyone was like, this guy's got balls the size of Saturn. And he's been so sick. He's very energetic. He kind of reminds me of Javier Baez in terms of energy brought to the Cubs. Like very Eloy-y type vibes where like he's always seems to be in a good spot. And then our guy, Brennan Davis is probably out for the year with an injury. So, you know, things are not that great for the Cubs. The two worst teams in the national league might be the Cubs and the Reds, and they're going to play in the field of dreams game in a month. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of just makes it even like a worse look on the MLB. In my opinion, like you're going to have two dog shit teams that have nothing to do with the field of dreams. Uh, The Reds kind of do, if you think about it deeply. The White Sox purposely lost the I World remember. Series to the Reds in 1990. Uh, and that's uh, Joe Jackson and all of them getting suspended for life. But still. Yeah, but that, could, that, that could have been any team. That's just like, that has nothing to do to me with the organization. No. Like, that's that, not that, one to be the opponent. Yeah, exactly. Like, that could have been. It could have been anyone. Not, it could have been know. the Cardinals. It could have been the Mets. It could have been any NL, the Giants, yeah. the Dodgers. It could have been any. Is that NL even team. a? Is that even like a big rivalry? Is, is the Cubs Reds? Is that I know? Is that a big? Is that a big uh, deal? Not well. I would say the Cardinals and the Brewers are higher in the division, but mm-hmm. the thing about the Reds and the Cubs, they're the two like old teams in the National League. Like I'm pretty sure. The Reds get credit for inventing the MLB. I think they were the first ever team. That's why they have such like an old school name. They're the only team name that's still a color. So I, yeah, I just feel like the there'd be more of an interest in like a Cubs Cardinals series, even or Cubs Brewers. Those seem to be pretty entertaining. Yeah, uh, I was told by the guy who owns the Field of Dreams house. He hopped in my Twitter DMs one time. And the only teams that can host it are teams that can take a bus there overnight. So the Cardinals, Royals, White Sox, Cubs, Brew Crew, and I want to say the Twins were included, but I could be wrong. It's just geographically like the teams closest to Iowa. And how are the Reds doing this year? Because I'm looking at their lineup, and besides Joey Votto. You should know Joey Votto and Jonathan India and then nobody else. Oh, Jonathan India, where is he at? If you don't see him, he probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, India won the freaking NL Rookie of the Year last year, and then Votto's a Hall of Famer. And then outside of that, you should know virtually nobody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. At least, like, even if I wasn't a White Sox 
or even if I wasn't a White Sox fan, like the the, the, the White Sox are the team to have in the Field of Dreams game. Like yeah. the Field of Dreams, to me, the, they should like have the honor of hosting that every year. Yeah, I'm a little biased because like it's my team, but I feel like that if you're gonna do it, the Field of Dreams and kind of center it around this movie, like how could you not have like the main character or the main character team be in the in the spotlight for that? I don't know. Uh, the Giants would make even more sense than the Reds. Yeah, because they're <laughs> Moonlight Graham. Yeah. And um, uh, John Kinsella played for the Yankees, so I liked having the Yankees there. Yeah, the Yankees was cool. Like, like he wears the Yankees jersey. He's got the Yankees hat. Like, when he has his catch, and that's kind of was the theme around the, the thing. They have their catch at the end of the movie, and that was a big deal, a uh, big uh, highlight or headline that they used, having the catch with the dad. For the game last year, so it was very cool to have the Yankees. But even even the Red Sox would be cooler than the Reds. They, they go to Fenway Park. <laughs> okay, they go to Fenway Park. Ray Kinsella is a White Sox fan. John Kinsella is a Yankees fan. Uh, they go to Minnesota to recruit Moonlight Graham. So the Minnesota Twins can be argued as involved. Like that's Moonlight Graham's home. Um, and then what? What town is Lawrence Mann in? Isn't he in Oakland? You mean Terrence Mann? Parents man. Parents man is from Chisholm, Minnesota. Oh, they, so he drives to Minnesota to find Terrence Man. Going to Minnesota to oh, Terrence Man's from Boston. Oh, that's what I'm okay. That's what I was. That's why Terrence Man is from Boston, and then Moonlight Graham is from Chisholm, Minnesota. It means we're don't going go to, to Minnesota Oakland? to find Moonlight Graham. Don't they go to Oakland for something or no? No. What am I thinking of? No, Oakland. The A's, the A's are probably still in Philly when Joe Jackson is. No, I thought I remember the town Oakland being. I don't know. I'm trying to think. That actually does. Were they playing Red Sox A's? That was the game at Fenway Park. Is that what it was? That's the game at Fenway Park because I can think of um, Ray Kinsella's wife Annie with the dream. Red and they look at this. Sitting on the first base side, I was eating a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were playing the A's at Fenway Park when the voice came and said, "Go the distance." Well, yeah, and he sees it on the scoreboard, right? He sees Chisel, Minnesota, Moonlight Graham, no plate appearances, one defensive inning. Yeah, or no? Yeah, it was no plate appearances, one defensive half inning. Sent to the minors the next game. That had to suck for Moonlight, Graham. Poor Moonlight. Did we lose Joey? I think we might have lost Joey for the time being, so that means I'm just going to have to sit here and talk about things all on my own. The White Sox. Are you back? I see you. I hear you now. Yeah, I see you. I don't know. I'm going in and out for some reason. Are you back? I see you. I never never left. It just froze for a second. Well, you're unfrozen now. So, yeah, Field of Dreams, Reds versus Cubs, that's going to suck. But we're going to watch it, right? Like, we're probably going to even get together to watch it. Like, you have to watch the Field of Dreams game. It's a Thursday night. Like, what else are we going to do? Football doesn't start for another two weeks after that. You see Baker Mayfield got traded today? Where's he at now? Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Damn. 
Yeah, and they, you know, they traded for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. What do you mean, why? Yeah, Baker kind of sucks. I'm out on Baker. Baker, yeah, Baker sucks. And Deshaun Watson's elite, but he's a scumbag human being. All this stuff with him legally, he sucks too. Just he sucks off the field. Baker sucks on the field. Um, did you hear this stuff about Freddie Freeman, or are you ignorant to it? I'm pretty ignorant to it, so I'd love to be filled in. I would love to fill you in. Freddie Freeman, of course, longtime Atlanta Braves, like, star. I mean, you know what Freddie Freeman means to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, MVP, World Series champion, franchise player. He really wanted to return to Atlanta. And... There's drama. He signs with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the offseason, right? He's their new first baseman. Um, He's sick. There's been no indication whatsoever that he hasn't had his whole heart in the Dodgers. Like, he's batting like 310. Like, he's been sick. Nobody, and I mean nobody, can question the effort that he's given to the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? But when they made their return to – Atlanta a couple weekends ago. You might remember we talked about it. I showed you his first at bat when they mm-hmm. went to Atlanta and they cheered him. And then you saw yeah. you said you thought you saw that already, but it ended up being Jock Peterson with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they probably gave him the ring and I was it was yeah, Peterson that I saw him, get the ring. Yep, they gave him the ring. Well, it came out that like Freddie Freeman really did not want to leave the Atlanta Braves. And he put it in his agent's hand to get him signed with the Braves. And it just didn't work out. And it's kind of crazy to me that Freddie Freeman allowed this to get out there and put out there. And he fired his agent right after the Braves Dodger series, because while he was in Atlanta, he found out some information that like, it basically said that it's the agent's fault. He didn't return to Atlanta. And he was all butthurt about it, even though he's a member of the Dodgers. And Clayton Kershaw came out and said, well, I hope Freddie's fully committed to this team because we have a special group here too. And like like I said, there's nothing you can get to indicate that Freddie Freeman hasn't been giving his all to the Dodgers just as much as he would if it were the Braves. So is Freddie Freeman a baby? Are the do you understand where he's coming from? Why do you fire his agent? Like, what's your thought on that? Uh, I mean, firing your agent, like, if he told his agent, like, hey, I want like, I want to stay in Atlanta. Let's make this happen. Are you? Can you see me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, it's, you're choppy on mine, so I don't know. It just interrupts me if I'm if I'm like pause for whatever reason due to connection mm-hmm. um if i'm freddie freeman and, and i tell my agent like hey i don't want to or i want to stay in atlanta like let's do whatever we can to make that happen um and then he go he does he maybe he said okay or whatever agreement they had and then he doesn't do that like yeah i would fire him too like it doesn't mean i'm not gonna give it my all here in los angeles like what's done is done i'm here i'm on the dodgers let's win a world series um but yeah i think he has a right to want to 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 move on from that agent if he didn't, you know, listen to his requests. So I don't see anything wrong with that. No, I don't think he's being a baby. Me either. And he got all emotional when 
He came up to bat for the first time in Atlanta. He just liked being an Atlanta Brave. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there is either, especially like that group of guys that like I've heard from a lot of athletes in interviews and stuff. Like when you win with a group, like that is a different bond than even playing with a a team for 10 years. It's a different bond when you make a a deep playoff run and you win a championship with that team. The celebrations afterwards is it's not like playing or being in the clubhouse together. Those off field celebrations are I'm used to saying off ice celebrations like that's a different bond that those guys cherish for the rest of their lives because that might be the only World Series those guys ever win. It's very it's most likely the case. I think so, Ovechkin and Holpe are still drunk. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that or, or like teams like literally still keep in contact like with group group chats of only the guys who are on that team. Like it's a real thing. Yeah, well, I hope Freddie is able to find peace the Braves are sick I mean they replaced him with Matt Olson and Matt Olson with the A's was sick um yeah I mean it kind of feels like one of two things is going to happen either the Mets are going to play the Dodgers in the NLCS or the Braves are going to play the Dodgers in the NLCS and it's going to be great great drama either way because like then Scherzer will face the Dodgers you know, it's just, it's been really cool. Um, speaking of the A's, did you know that they had the fire sale that they did? Like, if you're looking at their record right now, are you a little surprised at how dog shit they are? Are you they, talking about the A's or the, the Braves? A's, the A's. They traded away Chapman, Olsen, uh, Bassett, Manaya. I mean, they're, they're just stripped to the bone. They're rebuilding hard. No, I did not know that, but yeah, they're pretty brutal. They're even better than the Cubs. Huh? They're even way better than the Cubs. They are better than the Cubs? They have a better record they, than the Cubs? Or no, 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 they're even worse than the Cubs is what I meant to say. Yeah. They got rid of everyone. Um, I was actually just talking to someone about this at work, and I know we talked about this last season, that it's just not fair that the Angels are never good. Oh, I was going to bring up the Angels. I'm happy you brought that up. Yeah. Oh, I was going to bring up the Angels. Wait, it's just... Did you catch any of last week's show? No, I did not. Last week's show was the Shohei Otani episode on the Barroom Network. I had an Angels expert as a guest. Uh, they had just got done playing the White Sox. He pitched. He hit a bomb. I mean... I mean... I, he is unbelievable. He's the greatest at his sport in any sport, in my opinion. Yeah, it's hard to argue against a guy who's doing two people's jobs. Like, if Connor McDavid played goalie, it'd be him. Like, Connor McDavid might be better than at scoring points than Shohei is at hitting or pitching, but there's no way he's as valuable to his team. There's just not. And he probably has a better – this is going to sound weird. This year – last year he was the unanimous MVP, 30 out of 30 first place votes. This year I think he has a better chance to win the Cy Young than the MVP. I mean, his pitching numbers are off the hook. And he's got 17 home runs, which is really good. But if he's the third best pitcher and 10th best hitter, would you vote for him for MVP? Third best pitcher? Yeah. Tenth best hitter? No. See, why? 
Because he probably has a, the highest war in the MLB. Because I'm just going to go ahead and be honest. If you go by that logic, then he should win 10 straight MVPs. Why, why not? Why not? Because he's... Then why did he win it last year? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was a significantly better hitter than him last year. Otani was probably yeah, it, the third best hitter. Because it wasn't as significant as you're making it seem. <laughs> he had like three more home runs. Yeah, that's not significant. Significant is like, okay, he had like 10 more home runs on this guy. Okay, well, Judge is going to lead the league in home runs, and it's not going to be close. He's already got 30. And Otani is set at 17. Judge might hit 60 home runs. I mean, it's a three-horse race in the AL MVP conversation right now. It's Jordan Alvarez from the Astros, Aaron Judge from the Yankees, and Otani from the Angels. I mean, those are the only guys who have a chance, in my opinion. And I, I, I would I would vote for Otani. I don't care if he wins 10 straight. If he wins 10 straight, it's because he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, I just – I don't know. For me, he's got to be at least one or two in any other position to win it. And, yet, and I think last year he, there was an argument that he was two, maybe one. I don't know. But I, I don't think he's going to win it this year with this – these numbers, but I don't know. There's yeah, a lot of baseball. You say with these numbers, like they're still fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Numbers. Like any team would love to have either this type of pitcher or this type of hitter on their team. Yeah, I mean, and the Angels and the Angels have that in one guy, and they're still dog shit. Well, they're dog shit. And Mike Trout is having another unbelievable year. Their leadoff man, Taylor Ward, is unbelievable. And then they're getting good pitching from Cindergard and oh now I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. They they got three pretty good starting pitchers, and then those three hitters have been magnificent, but man, they suck. I saw a tweet. Hold on, I'm gonna read oh my phone is freaking dead. There was a tweet about how every night it seems like you read about how Otani went four for five with three home runs and a 10 strikeouts and Mike Trout went four for four for five with two home runs and a single and the angels lost the game 13 to four. (laughs) Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Like you should look at that roster and some of the guys that they have and some of the stats that those guys are putting up. Like this team should be in the playoffs, at least in the playoffs and, not even close. Mike Trout has never won a playoff game. They made it once and got swept. That's crazy. Um, Let's start calling Austin Matthews uh, Mike Trout. <laughs> at least Austin Matthews has won a couple playoff games and like made the playoffs. Playoff That's, games, not even close. Yeah. That's not even close to the same comparison. I'll, I'll argue it's easier to make the playoffs in hockey than it is in baseball. It is easier to make the playoffs in hockey than baseball, but and there's more teams in hockey. Now there are. And I still think it's easier to make the playoffs in hockey. Yeah. How does that work? More teams make the playoffs. I know. By a lot. Almost double. So, I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I'm trying to think if we missed – oh, the Yankees – 
are you mad that they're this good? Like they're probably going to win the World Series. They're definitely not going to win the World Series. Um, yeah, so um, they're peaking way too early. I'm, I'm not too worried about them. Uh, you know, as we saw last year, it came down to a one-game wild card and the better team prevailed. So I'm sure that'll happen in a playoff series this year. So, If the Yankees played the Mets in the World Series, would you be excited for it? Yeah, that would actually be pretty sick. That would be like really freaking cool. Yeah, it'd be kind of scary for like town in New York. It would. It would. I, I think it's very possible. The Mets are outstanding. And they, they're outstanding and they've barely seen the fruits of Scherzer's labor. And they haven't had DeGrom yet this season. He'll be back in a couple weeks. And he already he threw a hundred in a triple A start yesterday. Yeah, well, um Pete Alonzo was unreal. Yep. Um I was just looking at the uh I, I don't know how to get back to it. I just had it, and I just can't get back to it. I had the percentages of like the like where everyone stood in the All Star voting. Like it showed who was winning and the percent that they had, and I don't know how to get back to it. But he was up there. Yeah, I mean Peter Alonso is so sweet. Um, Francisco Lindor looks like Cleveland. Francisco Lindor. He kind of struggled a little bit last year in his first year with the Mets, but he's been great this year. They have Eduardo Escobar. Um, they have Bassett as their number three starter. Once DeGrom is back, he's been their two starter for most of the year. Uh, Taiwan Walker is unbelievable. There's there's some good stuff going on in both New York teams, and people who hate the two New York teams should be very worried because that probably is my World Series pick as of right now. Obviously, the Braves, Dodgers, Astros – are all going to try and have something to say about that. Um, uh, last year on this show, we talked a lot about the NL West. The Dodgers lead it this year. The Padres are in second and the Giants are in third. The Giants are kind of in a bad way. They still could make the playoffs, but they've struggled lately after starting off really hot. Is that still one of your favorite divisions in baseball? Yeah. Um, and I don't hate the Padres, just – most of last, most all of last year, I just thought they weren't that good. I went, I don't think they were anywhere near the Dodgers and the Giants, and I ended up, it ended up proving to be right at the season's end. Um, and I don't know this year, I, I really haven't, you know, been able to follow those three teams as much. But just by looking at, it, you have to. I'm assuming that the Padres are kind of getting it going, and the Giants took a little step back, which kind of like what we anticipated. I know you – I remember you saying that they were just a little too old um, and that you expected them to not be as good as they were last year. So that, that definitely came true. But, I mean, at the end of the day, those Los Angeles Dodgers are still up at the top, and that's really what what matters for me. Yeah, I think the Padres are going to make the playoffs and be a threat. Uh, they've been this good without Tatis, who likes to hurt himself riding motorcycles in the winter. Um, if he can stop riding motorcycles and get back to full strength, I think, uh, I think they'll be technically, good. Technically when he got hurt, he wasn't associated with the MLB. Am I correct? Yeah. But I mean, he had no contract. He had no active contract to tell him not to ride those bikes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know what your obligations are even during a lockout in my opinion. No, I don't um, just mess with um, he was on a fan. He was on fan side. It's baseball show. Did you hear that? Really? Oh, yeah. Robert Murray got him on the Baseball Insiders, him and Mark Carmen. They interviewed Tatis. I wrote an article about something he said. 
Um, it was really cool to have him as part of the fan sided network for a couple days. Nice. Yeah. So got to get him. Got to get him on here. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. We'll see if I'm able to do that. I'm even, I don't know. This if show is. You don't huh? do it, do it like do it. I don't know. Do these guys do stuff? Do it when the Padres are like playing the Cubs, have them talk about you know this team. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. He's not with the Padres right now, though. No, I know, which is why it'd be cool like to do it when they're playing the Cubs. You could talk about his team in that series on this show because it is a Chicago-based baseball game. Yeah. The show is very week-to-week in terms of guests and what goes on with it just because I don't have just the fallback plan of it just me being me and you talk. So um, it's definitely interesting, though. And since you've last appeared on this show there's been a lot of cool things going on in the entertainment industry i know you just saw top gun for the first time yesterday do you have any comment on that yeah so i loved it i'll just go out and say i don't even care what the reviews are i'm pretty sure they're nothing short of spectacular i think it's in like the 90s on rotten tomatoes don't is it don't, really the way you wanted them made it seem like they were bad no don't quote me on that but um, I'm pretty sure it got amazing reviews um, in the first one. See, I don't really have that nostalgia with the first Top Gun. I saw it for the first time literally three weeks ago in preparation to see the sequel. Uh, that was the first. I know it's like, when did it come out? In like the 90s, early 90s, late 80s? Okay, so late 80s. So this movie is approaching 40 years old. Um and it held up. I really enjoyed it. And it's rare that I find a movie made before 2005 that I enjoy because I'm very picky with my, my movies. Um, Top, the first Top Gun is an awesome movie. And be, because I really don't hold any like, you know, nostalgia to it, I just saw it recently in my life. So as far as my brain is concerned, it's a new movie. Um, this new one blew it away, in my opinion, in every possible way not only with the updated effects of movies and yeah, most of it is real, which also is cool to know when watching this shit that these are real planes in the sky that Tom Cruise is in. Um, So aside from that being a part of why I liked it, but the story was just so intense and, and moving. It was just a very, very, very good movie. And the fact of how they related it to the first one with some of the characters, just a very well done. And it's rare that I rave about a sequel this much. I would go see it again in theaters if asked. Ninety-six <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and and I'm telling you, I don't really you you know me more than anyone when it comes to movies. I don't give a shit what those what those critics say. I don't give a shit. This movie was fucking awesome. It lived up to those ratings. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm gonna have to check it out. I haven't seen it. I've I've never. You have seen to see the first one. You have to see the first one before you see it. If anyone tells you you can go watching this movie without seeing the first one, you can go watch it and you can enjoy a good story and you can watch some planes shoot. But you watch the first one and you'll you'll get moved a little more. So Okay. Very interesting. Your thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know later or yesterday on the Barroom Network, Science Fiction had Joe Mandel as a guest to talk about um obi-wan kenobi what are your thoughts obi-wan kenobi to me um it lived up to the hype again i don't give a shit what anyone said on twitter the critics the 
the actual Star Wars nerds. No one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. I will live by that quote um, because nothing pleases these guys. To me, I don't care about the movies from from 1977 through 83. Like, yeah, they're iconic movies. They're great movies. That's what be- made everyone become a Star Wars fan. But if you're going to shit on this TV show that is nothing short of spectacular, all because of a little, you know, wordings of what's canon to the storyline from movies that were made 50 years ago, like, get out of my face. Obi-Wan Kenobi was a spectacular show, very well written for the storyline that they had to fit in. Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, those guys did amazing jobs, lived up to the 20-year delay in their last appearance in, in Episode 3. So I'm a huge fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Episode 7, I've watched it like almost uh, two and a half times I've watched it already, Um, the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, I just loved everything about it. I'm probably going to rewatch it again at some point, the entire show leading up to the next Star Wars show. It's just what I do. So I, I loved it. Can't I get nothing but good words to say about it. What do you say to people about with the canon stuff? Fucking go watch Harry Potter. <laughs> All right. Fucking go watch Harry Potter. If you have problems with what's going on in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Did you like Kid Leah? Yes, I, I there's there not going to be a on her too. I saw somebody she did worse with that role than the boy who played Anakin. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I would love to know what these people look for when watching movies because like just sit down, shut up, grab yourself some popcorn and watch and watch the fucking the story. Like, why do we got to be so hard on shit? Like, I I don't even see that stuff. So I'm a bad movie critic. I don't know. I fucking love the story. Yeah, I did too. The episode where. Obi-Wan and Anakin had like their training session like in line with the actual the flashbacks. Play. Oh my yeah. god. Unreal. Absolutely phenomenal. So Joey, big fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi, big fan of the Star Wars universe so far. What do you got planned for the rest of the summer? Rest of the summer we have um well I just had a I mean the bulk of my summer I feel like is kind of over. We're just coasting with some parties and some, some baseball games the rest of the way. A um, couple fun tournaments coming up. We got our, our annual bags tournament uh, later on in the summer, kind of beginning of fall. We have a, a wiffle ball tournament. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. We got some, some baseball games to go to, including one tomorrow against the Detroit Tigers. Um yeah, just a lot of fun stuff. Uh, all all the, the trips and stuff is kind of in the rearview mirror for now until we uh, plan some new stuff. But, yeah, just enjoying life. Thor Love and Thunder this weekend. You excited? Thor Love and Thunder comes out Mar- uh, July 8th. Uh, that's already this Friday. Crazy. So, yeah, we'll be able to go see that tomorrow. But, you know, we have some stuff planned. We'll definitely see that this weekend. I'm, I'm really excited for that. My Marvel has kind of been – on hiatus, I haven't watched anything Marvel since Moon Knight. Um, I'm very behind on Miss Marvel. I have to watch all of that show. I've heard it was decent, but again, I don't go by any of that. So if someone tells me something sucks, it kind of makes me look forward to it because that means I'm probably going to like it. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Miss Marvel. I'll probably, you know, I don't know if I'm going to watch that before Thor Love and Thunder just due to me not having time, but it will get watched eventually and I'll get back. And once I start a Marvel thing, it's kind of like, like I am with Star Wars right now. Like I get into it and then it's just, I nerd out. So 
those Marvel will come back. Thor Love and Thunder will kick that off. Would I be an asshole if I ranked every single team in the bags tournament based on my power rankings and post it at the bags tournament on like a wall? Um, you kind of lagged. I don't know if you see me right now, but it kind of lagged for me. I think you said that you're going to rank. If you ranked every bags team and, and posted it, would you be an asshole? Yeah. That's exactly what I said. I don't think Joey can hear me as of right now. I'm waiting for him to come back in and be able to hear me. Can you hear me? I can hear you. It's kind of, it's, I don't know what's with this connection. Um, yeah, you'd be an asshole if you did what I think you said. <laughs> Does that mean I shouldn't do it? <laughs> I mean, you could do it. Like, who cares? It's just, I don't know. You don't know how everyone will take it. There's people you don't even know. See, I, I like don't care. Frankie thinks it's a funny idea. I was even thinking about ranking each individual player. <laughs> and posting it. And if people are going to have a problem with it, they could come up to me and say, I could be like, I'm an unbiased sports journalist. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, go for it. What's the worst that'll happen? People get angry? I mean, I... I my whole logic this whole time was I was going to get someone to fist fight, and maybe it'll just be me. No, yeah, no one will fist fight. No, I but don't. yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing. I'm very excited about it. Um, we're going to have some live tweets about it, so make sure you're following along on Saturday on at Vinny Parisi. I'll be keeping everybody informed on what's going on with the bags tournament. We've got some people that are heavily interested that watch Bar Down, so. It's going to be a good time. Is there anything you want to get off your chest in your last minute or so of podcasting for a while? Um, yeah, there actually is. Um, in my time that I haven't been here on the Barroom Network, I, you know, I've been, you know, I started a new job. I've been kind of doing that as my main focus, and it, it limited my time during the day of the during the day. I work traditional, you know, work hours, so I'm not able to do these podcasts as much anymore. At least for now, at this point in my life. But I just want to say, like you and Frankie keeping the show going and on bar down. And then now the way you do sometimes alone, you're sitting in that chair, like a dummy talking about baseball. And it's the most entertaining thing because I have tuned into some of those episodes where you have no one to talk to. And it's honestly the most entertaining thing. You and Frankie have done an unreal job with these two shows, keeping them going. So I just hope you guys keep it going as long as I'm not able to do them. Good job to you guys. I appreciate it. I'm never going to stop. This is what's in my blood, and I don't know how to do anything else other than sit in front of a mic or sit in front of a keyboard and blabber away about some sports. So, you know, I appreciate when you're able to come on. You're never needed an invitation. Like, whenever you just feel like coming on, you're in. Like, you don't have to ask. And I'm sure there will be some big people to help or to bring on as a guest over the coming years, and I'm sure you'll be there for those. Like, when I – mistakenly ask Liam Hendricks to come on the show again later in the winter. I'm sure you'll be on for that episode. Like I fully plan on having him on. So excited. Yeah, about but I, I'm also not going to, I'm not going to take that opportunity away from somebody else. Like I'm not going to only come around and when you get these sweet guests, like you just interviewed John Bucci Gross. I know that was such a milestone thing for you. Like you've looked up to that guy since we started watching hockey, like even before ESPN took over, you've been a fan of John Bucci Gross. So, the fact that you were able to interview him 
like I wanted that to be your thing. Like I didn't, I didn't want to come back or change my schedule just to do that interview. That's very selfish. So I'm, I'm happy when you get these guests and I don't want you to feel like I should, should have to be there for it because you and Frankie and you and Aldo and everyone at the barroom now just keep doing your thing and, and don't let me be a, a, a roadblock in any of that. And so did you catch the Bucci interview? Not yet. I, this is the first time I just got back from Michigan last Friday. You, you know the busy to weekend we had. Yeah, of course. I'm and not here we are. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to listen to it. I it, know. I want it to. was fucking awesome. I want oh. to, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note to uh, throw that on when I go to sleep tonight, and then I'll piece that together. Just so. skip the part where he talks about the bees. <laughs> Why? He's probably gonna say the same shit that you've been feeding me—lies and negativity. No, it's not lies and negativity. He's just worried about a team that's missing their number one, three, one and three defensemen for five months, and. I don't know if you would call Martian F1 or F2, but he's one or the other. And I mean, all those guys here, I said this last year, all those guys will be back by the end of January, maybe even New Year's Day. You have to pray they're not dead by then. That, that, like the bees. That's, yeah, yeah I don't think they will. I, don't I think hope Bergeron's going to resign. I, Detroit is going to be so good. Detroit is going to be so good. They're trading for someone sick. They're trading for, I could see them trading for Debrinket. Like he's from Michigan. It it would be perfect. Like they could give up the ninth overall pick and Zadina for like Debrinket. I don't, I don't know. I think Detroit's going to be sick. And then the two Florida teams and Toronto, like the Atlantic's going to be tough. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, I, I hope I'm wrong because I love the Bruins. They're my second favorite team. So, and they're probably my third favorite team in all of sports, really. If I if I think about it critically, uh, them and the Bears tied for my third favorite team in sports. I mean, it's fitting because they're both Bears. Um, but yeah, that's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it. Um, it was great to have Joey Parisi back on, um, my favorite guest I could possibly have. So, thank you very much for helping me out with this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, you know, whenever I'm free, if I ever, for some reason, have the day off or I, I change schedules, you know, I'll be back. But for right now, just don't change a single thing what you're doing because it's working out better than ever. Thank you very much. And make sure you're following at Joey Parisi on Twitter. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. As always, thank you for listening. Another happy landing. <laughs> Thank you.